All right, hello and welcome to the At YouTube podcast. I don't even have any notes because that's how unofficial this one is. This is a B-side of a C-side or something. <laughs> and uh, I'm joined by Ian and Matt. Welcome to the show, Ian and Matt. Howdy. Hey, Chris. Good. You're all working. Everything's working. Everybody can hear us. We're streaming to, oh, Periscope, YouTube, and Twitch at this time. And hopefully those are all working. Feel free to chat in the chat room. We actually have someone on YouTube. This is the first time he or she from Scotland has tuned in. Uh, so we know the YouTube chat is working now. Apologies if you were chatting in there before and it wasn't, and we just thought nobody was there. This is the internet when you don't pay for anything. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, we'll give them a refund when we're done. Exactly. <laughs> Your Cyber Monday coupon is in the mail. Uh, we <laughs> For next year. Uh, we just wanted, I was actually, well, I, I, said, I said in our Slack, the at you 2 Slack chat thing that we have, I was like, I'm just, I know we're going to do an official review of the the album next week on the podcast, probably Wednesday or Thursday next week. But I was just kind of excited and that energy of like, there's a new YouTube album and there's literally nobody around me that cares that much. <laughs> My wife supports me in it, but like she did, she's not anxious to listen. She's not anxious to debate and discuss. So I was just like, who's around that wants to talk and Matt and Ian answered the call. So here we are. Volunteered. And, I'll t- and I'll tell you a little story. I, I meant to listen last night, but I was kind of under the weather. And so I decided not to listen last night. And so I woke up there. Actually, what woke me up this morning in the seven o'clock hour was my wife in our bathroom blaring songs of experience through her <laughs> phone or whatever she was listening to. And she was like all into it. So I was like, wow, okay. <laughs> well, there you go. So that was your first songs of experiencing experience, that was my first, songs of experience, yes. et cetera. How about That's you, Ian? What was your what was your first experience of songs of experience? Uh downloading the bootleg last Oh Ian. Oh, oh. <laughs> it was worth it. No regrets. You know okay, Ian. <laughs> <laughs> I need like a buzzer uh, shame <laughs> shame sound effect of some sort that uh, a boo Grr, arg. oh that's as close as oh here we go <laughs> there you go well no I don't know if you uh, you probably didn't have a chance to listen yet but the Matt and I on the previous episodes that people are hearing now um, or would have heard yesterday maybe previewing the album we we severely mocked people in a in a good-hearted way i think for listening to the leaked we were yes we were both quite proud of ourselves for resisting the leak <laughs> <laughs> i guess that's actually that's really appropriate then i yeah the yep yep <laughs> for people who listen to them. to do after a leak anyways enough toilet humor. okay okay so um Here's the thing that I, is always hard when you've, yeah, unless you, I saw Sherry, I hope she doesn't mind me admitting this, but I saw Sherry in the chat saying something about how she's had the album on repeat and slept with the album on repeat. And so like, um, if you're that hardcore, then maybe turn, turn away <laughs> from this episode because Matt has, I think you said you listened to it once, right? I literally f- finished listening to it an hour ago. So right. it was, it's like very, very new and still, yes, I'm still sorting things out. I had a, a good a focused hour listening to it this morning and i've sort of been listening to it a couple times maybe since then ian how about you how many times have you listened to it i guess since the leak came out Uh, like the whole album through probably at least 15 times and bits and pieces here and there pretty much all week (laughs) nice (laughs) so for folks who are for matt and i guess we'll be the ones who are like uh the one that has that thing and i can't remember it's got love in it (laughs) yes 
<laughs> or lights. Forgive us. Yeah. And sometimes. So um, I guess in just quick review, I guess, for Matt, we'll start with you and then Ian can give us maybe a more in-depth thing, but like just your gut response to the album after listening to it one time. Well, I just, I feel guilty, like even being on because one listen just doesn't seem like enough for a U2 album. I think I generally like it. I think that it might be one or two songs too long. Um, there's a couple songs, like there seem like in my head, there seem to be several songs where the chorus is like the whole, you know, like a group sing-along chorus. And I'm just like, I've already heard this before. Um, but I think I generally, I think I generally like most of it. Um, but you know, like I said, it's just one listen and I still got to sort things out. And, you know, I, I, I have no idea what the names of certain songs are. And yeah, so yeah. You have to work through the emotions <laughs> of it. Yes. And I listened to, I had a really good listening experience. I had turned all the lights off. I actually laid down on the floor in my office. I had my good headphones on. I love a lot of the production on it. There's a lot of little mm-hmm. tweaks here and there and sound effects and, you know, just unique kind of things that I'm not sure I'll hear if I'm just like sitting here at my desk listening on, you know, my computer speakers and all that sort of stuff. So, I, I'm glad I listened on the headphones and yeah. All right. He went all. Does that make any sense? <laughs> you went all oh, sorry. digital there for a second, but we'll just assume you said you love volcano and, uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and there's lots of, we, we joked about in the last episode, how lots of people were just saying how they were going to be going driving for an hour to listen to the album. And so hopefully you all made it back safe. <laughs> on your trip yes didn't get too into a song didn't get too whatever uh, weren't crying too too uh, ugly i guess <laughs> so you couldn't see the road you pulled over if you needed to no shame in crying about it but uh, yeah just don't don't get into an accident so uh, ian how about you what uh what was your sort of first if you can think back to whenever you leaked the album listen to the album <laughs> what, your initial reaction i guess to having heard it <laughs> um first listen i was very, very happy with how it turned out. Um, there was a bit of me that wasn't entirely confident that the band still had it in them. And listening to this completely did away with that fear. And I'm pretty happy. I liked how the first song, rather than being another, yeah, yeah, hey, yo, yo, or whatever chant they want to use to get the album going on the past few albums, um, it's just this nice atmospheric thing that sounds kind of like a cousin to something on Passengers. And it was a very different intro from what I'm kind of used to from U2 intros at this point. Uh, and I think it worked really well. Um, I think the core, the bridge to um, love is bigger than anything in its way is about the most u 2 thing they've ever done. And I mean, that is a compliment. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, I'm very, very, very happy with how the album turned out and yeah. Yeah, that's what um, I think for me too was uh, that feeling like you you said of do they have something in them that's worth doing and Bono they often refer to that you know when they're promoting every album of some sort of variation on applying for the job again and all that kind of stuff but I don't always feel like they've made that same effort <laughs> don't send me hate mail either but uh, yeah. It, NGM to you in the chat room said, I heard people say that it's the best album since Zach Tongue Baby. What's your view, guys? And that's, I think, I just like gut reaction after one day of listening is I put it up there with Act Tongue Baby, whether it's better or worse, it's hard to, who knows, and it doesn't really matter. But the as a as a concept, as a whole, 
I think it's right up there in that top three right now for me. And I didn't feel that way after when No Line came out or and even Songs of Innocence, I wasn't sure that sure about. I knew I liked it, but I didn't know it was if it was like top five albums from U2. So, because um, there's certainly the risk of loving anything U2 puts out and just being, there's the giddy emotion of like, there's a new album, who cares? I'm going to listen to it a whole bunch, regardless, however much it sucks, it's U2. But uh, I don't have that feeling with this one. So, um, yeah, Domster says, glad to hear you think it's good since I pre-ordered it for my dad's birthday. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's, I think it's hard to go through each song and, and, but I got what I, I, I like what you said, Ian too, is the opening track of love is all we have left where it is just like not trying to hook people in with some sort of guitar hook or big impact kind of song. It would, it it would have been easy for them to put, to make the blackout the first song on the album. Right. I mean, that's, that's Mm -hmm. like the, you know, the stomp your feet, rock and roll, you know, or even American soul, you know, kind of has that same kind of vibe to it. And, and and when Ian said that, I agreed a hundred percent. I think it's, I think it's good that they started off with something more um, interesting than that. So. Yeah. It gives that, um, well, there's a lot of, um, I love Bono sort of gravelly voice, Bono vocals in the front of the mix talking over something um singing over some talk singing over something or whatever and there's there is enough of those moments to make me happy in this album um and uh and yeah so it kind of just signals that this isn't going to be just it's like they've they've given up the worry of we have to have a top radio hit the business side of them still wants to go for those some of that stuff i'm sure but just like this album is it is what it is and they're not ashamed to <laughs> sort of mess around a bit with it i guess so i was worried when um what's the one republic guy uh ryan tedder or whatever seems like a nice guy but just worried that it was going to be like a pop focused kind of thing given how much his involvement was and that's very little knowledge of him other than my son wanting to play the one republic songs all the time um so <laughs> yeah what's pretty what's remarkable to me and i wonder if you guys agree or not is and, and i think this has even been said in some of the reviews um, that I've read, but for all the different producers they've had, it sounds like the album sounds pretty darn cohesive. It sounds, you know, like, and I don't have the liner notes. In front of me, so I don't know who was involved in which specific songs and all that sort of stuff, but it seems like there is maybe in flow and, and cohesion to the songs that you probably wouldn't expect with, what do they have? Like 30. I think, I think that is kind of remarkable to me that that just from that one, listen, that it sounds like something that would have been done with maybe one or two producers. Yeah. That's certainly, I think for me, the, the impressive, I guess like thematically and then um, like in terms of the lyrics and stuff, but also yeah, musically, it sort of feels like there's, there's more connection. I, I would, I was saying to my saying to myself saying I was recording a podcast, my own podcast just before this and said something to that effect of like, there is a songs of innocence had a bit of a cohesive sort of theme to it, but it didn't feel like the songs were actually attached together in any sort of way. Whereas this one does actually feel like, I mean, there's obvious ones where it does literally run into the next song, but, um, but it does feel like there's more of more. The theme runs through them all rather than a few that sort of getting tacked on, but we'll dip into the chat room here. Anasaurus says it kind of feels like a story. It would have ended with, she would have, or he would have ended with book of your heart and not 13. Yeah. I, it's a curious, if you got the deluxe version, there's a book of your heart is a song that's included. Um, and it's a curious that that one isn't included. I guess, Matt, you said you felt like it's, the album's maybe a bit too long, but um, and Marie uh, and Tad Lebo both say hi hugs from Brazil. Maybe that's the same person <laughs> somehow. Sorry. 
Uh, you had mentioned something about how um, the, the song, there's maybe one or two songs that didn't like grab you on the, on the album. Are you willing to name those songs and be known as? Um, it, it probably could have done without the showman. Uh, just um, kind of over Bono's self-deprecating songs where he's, you know, and it was kind of funny on all because of you, but by the time I got around to stand up comedy, it's just, we know he could laugh at himself and I'm not sure how necessary the song is, but the thing I like about the album is that it feels like it's the first album since atomic bomb where they feel confident in what they're doing. It doesn't feel like they're trying to figure out why they should be releasing an album. They just released an album and let that be the reason why it exists. And it, it feels like more open and more like just confident than they've been in a decade. Yeah, that's what like the, I mean. Bono has never struggled with confidence, that's for sure. But like, even just as a as a marketing effort or something, I think because he's almost in a sense with they've alluded to like health issues and health scare that he's had and up against the wall and arrested by this health scare and all that kind of stuff. And so he's in a sense he's almost coming at it from the most humble place maybe that yeah. he's been lyrically and and promotional wise or whatever. But uh, yeah, I think the Showman is gonna is one of those songs that is gonna be a little love hate thing on the album it's it's got a very like um i can't quite place the style like almost 60s call and response style in a sense or something and um just a different sonically a different sound for you two and um i i, I mean the fans i think an audience will eat it up if when they do it live because it is like like he's bono said many times like a letter to the fans and the, and the audience and kind of thing and so i'm sure they'll play into that when they if and when they play it live but um yeah any other songs for you, Matt, that sort of jump out from your one listen? I, th- I think I think I like the Showman just because that one sounds a little different. If if I recall correctly, I may be confusing that one with Summer of Love. That which one sounds I also different as well. Like. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, I, it's, it's the ones that sound that that sound like non traditional U two that are sticking in my mind. Like I like Thirteen because that sounds. That's non-traditional. I like the first song, whatever it was called again, Love is All We Have Left. <laughs> I'm terrible with song names. Song names. <laughs> I'm going to, we should like, you're going to make me turn my fan card in after this podcast, right? <laughs> I feel like we should just, we should just delete this whole thing. Right well, back, now. <laughs> back in the, if we do our own callback to previous episodes of the podcast, there was a time when we did like try to stump you with playing little riffs from a song and getting you to name it. I think even back then, like episode 30 or whatever it was. And you probably were like, that's the one with the, what's it called with the, <laughs> the name exactly. and the thing in it. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's, it's the ones that, that don't sound like traditional U2 that I on what literally one listen an hour ago am drawn to. Um, and I do like, but lights of home, that's the second song, right? That, uh, yep. that is traditional U2 sounding, but I really like that a lot. Um, what did you think of Red Flag Day? I think I like that one a lot too. <laughs> it sounds it sounds like kind of war to me. Yeah, you had, that, is had, that the one is that the one that we were debating? You guys were debating in Slack. Somebody said it sounds like Bruno Mars. There was one like some people were thinking it was kind of like a an attempt to be poppy, brought modern kind of sound. Yeah, I think it. I like. I think I, I think I like that one, which is kind of going playing off of what Ian said, like early eighties sound, you know, is kind of looping back around again anyways. And so you could, it could be both, I guess, where they're trying to be current, but also a callback. So one of the things that I need to listen for, like, I remember listening to songs of experience or songs of innocence, the first three or four times in those, you know, after it came out on that 
Tuesday, whatever it was. And I remember tweeting saying something like, I think Cedarwood Road is going to be just a monster live. And I got lucky and turned out to be right. And I want to, and so I want to listen again because I, because it's like, that's like one of the next steps is like, what are these going to sound like live? And, you know, which ones are going to translate well and how many will they play and all that sort of stuff. So that's one of the things I will be paying attention to in future listens. Yeah. If they get rid of uh, Cedarwood Road on the next leg of the tour, I could easily see um, Lights of Home taking over for it. Yeah, Just it's imagine them like walking down the street towards lights and what they could do with the screen for that. Yeah, there's a there's a I had made some notes and just when I was listening, but the, there's a slide guitar solo that kind of echoes Kite back to that, which is a, a song about his kids and stuff or with his kids and that kind of thing. And uh, and I, I felt I'd written down, I can't remember now like Matt, I can't place it in my head, but I had written down that it was Edge's best riff yet. And uh the, not the solo necessarily, but the just the song, and and then that was before having heard the St. Peter's Strings version of it, which is a whole different takes a song to a whole different level for me. And I mean, it hits all those like U two E streets of have no name kind of like chills and emotion and stuff for sure. Um, and I think that's where I, I that that version of it almost I I feel like could be um, it adds like a sense of urgency with the strings they added, but also could be like the live version that gets them close to a new streets song in the, in concert, if they have that potential, I know Matt will argue forever and, and a day that <laughs> nothing will come close to streets. But, um, and I had, I had tweeted that, please don't tell me that the one Republic guy helped do that mix. And then of course I found out <laughs> it was <laughs> so whatever. <laughs> I love when you two uses strings. I love, and I love when they use piano usually. And there was, I think I heard some piano in there on one or two of the songs. Yeah. I don't remember which ones. So the, uh, the mix of little things that give you away going all the way back to the first concerts that we heard Josh tree when I heard it, I was like, Oh, I don't know about that piano intro into like they segue into everything and music and the band builds in and it's good. It was okay. Live, but it felt like, the piano just felt empty almost, but the mix that's on the album, if you, if you're basing it on what the live version that you maybe heard somewhere else along the way, this, the, I think the mix on the album is worlds better. And if that was the first time I'd heard little things, I would have been like, wow, that's awesome. Um, yeah. yeah totally and agree. Adam's way more there in it. And yeah, Ad, this is actually subtly an Adam album. Sorry. I'm cutting you off. Ian, go, go ahead. No problem. Yeah, I just want to say the little things, Edge, his guitars in it are just beautiful. I mean, it almost sounds like something off a of pop. It just, it's so textured and so shimmery. And yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I agree. The album version is light years ahead of the live version. That's the Edge I've been wanting to hear, not the Edge from Blackout and from all the other songs where it's just that kind of yeah. grungy, I want the shimmer Edge. <laughs> yep, that silver area. <laughs> anyways the, i'm gonna take off but yeah all right chatting with me I'm yeah chatting about this stuff we'll we'll have you back on again ian don't worry uh right. we'll go for a little bit longer here on the uh everybody say bye to ian and uh in the chat uh just where, where was i here beth may red flag is a real war vibe and it's completely irresistible in the slipstream said it love red flag day reminds me of war also Anasaurus, uh, where are we here? Swiss Critter, Red Flag is my favorite as after two listens. Anybody else love Landlady? I see, I the just the name of the song, Landlady, 
puts like a weird vibe yeah. in my head that I cannot get over. And I know yes. I will over time and having it set in the chorus too and stuff. is just like, I, it's maybe it's a British or um British, Irish, British, whatever European thing and North Americans, whatever, uh, what I connect with that word, um, is different. Right. But it, it's, yeah. it sticks in my head in a way that I can't quite get over yet. Sort of like stand up comedy did almost where it was like, what, why are they talking about <laughs> stand up comedy? <laughs> and it's yeah. Uh, Anasaur says, I love the little things on the album better live. It sounds sadder. And Adam is totally kicking ass. He just gets better. Definitely with, gets better with age, gets better with each kimono he puts on probably too. That's probably a part of the thing in the slipstream is with you with the shimmer. And, uh, I think he's sort of, Beth May says, I think he's sort of going for land in the sense of grounded groundedness, but I agree. It comes off as weird. Yeah. Yeah. There's lots of, lots of stuff to sort of dissect in this and, there is, it isn't quite as maybe obvious as what Innocence, Songs of Innocence was in a sense, I guess. doesn't come right out of, I don't know. Yeah. We're both <laughs> riffing off of. Yeah. yeah we're both, I think we're both still figuring it out, which is, which is what happens when you don't listen 15 times to the league like, yeah. like Ian did. <laughs> <laughs> he's got it all figured out already. He's, he, he's, he's all on board. So yeah, that's cool. So where after, again, first listen, we'll, we'll stop prefacing it but like the in your you didn't have like a gut or gut reaction that was like ugh to anything right it wasn't like a oh where are they no not at all yeah. no 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 i definitely want to explore it more what about you yeah that's i think for me too and and it's a it feels like an album that i can actually put on um because it does have like sort of building and then falls down and builds again you know in terms of energy and and stuff like that it feels like you can put it on in the background with people over and stuff in a way that even songs of innocent felt too like aggressive to sort of have um in the background sometimes but um and maybe that has to a bit to do with like i don't know what exactly um anasaurus said what do you guys think of the hame riff in lights of home that's what we were talking about in our slack group too is hame is a band three girls from i want to say california um i think anyways very I'm too old band. to know who they are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I only know them because other people tweet about them. <laughs> but, okay. And they, what I've listened to, they seem, seem cool and interesting and doing the unique stuff. And so they had, uh, Sherry had posted that back in 2016 somewhere. There's a photo of them in the studio with you 2 And it was kind of like, well, are they on the album? Or is it just like they happen to be in the studio together or whatever? And so obviously they are on the album on uh, Lights to Home, Lights of Home, which is it? Lights of Home. Lights of Home on the strings version particularly. Well, actually the reference on both album, both songs on the album. So um I really like whatever they did. If that if they were um Anasaurus, maybe you can help Matt and I if you if you know the the Hame folks better than I do. Are they is you two actually borrowing musically from them in terms of a riff or something, or is it they just sort of added musical help on the album? On the I song? think I, I think I read somewhere that they were borrowing the the riff, borrowing a the like the baseline or something from from their song oh. but again i'm too old i'm too old to know the song so <laughs> exactly i'm sure there somebody. is there, there there is there is one other point i want to make um chris your kids might not be old enough to to be going through this right now but with both my kids i go through this like so much of music today is like artist it's you know the, it's by artist featuring you know yeah. three other artists right and that's how everything is at. and so like for the last several years when you know my kids are listening to their their current pop music and stuff 
I've, I've always said to them, if you two ever has a guest, they're never going to say featuring, you know, they're never going to do that. That's not how U2 does things. It's a U2 <laughs> song and it's not featuring. And no, I am so relieved that it's not U2 featuring Kendrick Lamar and featuring Haim and featuring whoever, Lady Gaga. I'm just so glad that, that, that they made me right. That yeah. I don't have to deal with U2 featuring somebody. <laughs> <laughs> that's what happens when you're approaching 50 years old it's these little things that really mean a lot to you <laughs> yeah the little things that give you away uh <laughs> the, um it is kind of fun i was the one the curious addition with which they haven't had in a long time i'm gonna say like having kendrick lamar sort of spoken word rap at the end of uh um into the blackout out of uh your no get out of your own way right my which one am i mixing up here in, get out of your own yes, way in, in, american soul right yeah. Mm-hmm. And just that idea of like, um, do you, I'm, I'm kind of like, I, I like it in terms of that, the song and the, what they did in the production and all that kind of stuff. But I wish there's a way to hear it to on repeated listenings over and over to have it just the songs instead of having that sort of like call, it kind of takes you out of it in a sense, but I don't know. You can go back and forth on that one, probably both ways. Just it's the way they wanted the, the song to sound obviously, cause it's on the album permanently. So that's the way it is. And yeah, I don't know. Is that, grab you in a particular I, way i mean i i just like again just on from listening i i like the the way that they did the bridge um and i think those i think those two songs are stronger because he is bridging the two i'm not sure that either yeah. one of them alone would be a really strong track but when you combine the two with that message in the middle i find that you know for me at least to be really effective yeah Anasaurus says that the riff comes from my song five, which I'm assuming is the name of Haim's fifth song. <laughs> we'll, just, <laughs> we'll just play the old man card here and, and just progress, right. profess ignorance. So, um, yeah, 13, I, so spoiler warning, I guess, I think it's a, it's a, in a sense, it's kind of a spoiler because we've, there's been a lot of sort of talk maybe too much talk about the callbacks to previous work on this album. And there's some fairly obvious ones where in uh, the blackout they have uh, that's no American soul is the one that has the callback to volcano and the very obvious, like the chorus is the chorus from volcano basically. Um, and, but in uh, 13, let's go home has the, oh, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, 13. Go ahead. I'll, I was going to say that I just kind of like, it came out of nowhere for me that in 13, that there would be a song for all of a sudden I'm like hearing the chorus start up of song for someone, but I didn't, my brain didn't clue into the fact that it was song for someone. I was like, I recognize that from somewhere. And where is it? And like, of course, as he sings, this is a song for someone. I'm like, Oh, well, yeah, <laughs> obviously. And it like That's <laughs> hit me way more than I thought it would actually having. Yeah. Cause I, I love that on song for someone that, or I love that song <laughs> on songs of innocence. And, uh, and so it's kind of cool to have it come back in the sense. So what were you going to say? The other ones, any and, sort of, and, and lights go home, lights go home has the, uh, the lyrics from Iris, the free yourself to be yourself. Oh, right. That's what, yeah. See, I, I need to go back and, and I think, th- and I think there's one other somewhere in there that I heard on that first listen that I'll need to hear again, that I'll need to listen to more closely. I think there's one other callback to uh, songs of innocence besides the ones we just mentioned. Well, and also I think I, I'm again going on rough memory here, but the baseline from Iris is maybe in there as well in 13. There's a bit of a Adam even calling back to what he was doing or what the riff was uh, in there. So um, yeah, all sorts of stuff that's kind of fun to find and discover and, and see where they're going with it exactly. And 
and how they'll translate that live. Like, are they going to just play volcano in the midst of uh, <laughs> American Soul, or is it going to just be never play? Because I didn't really play volcano, anyways. But um, yeah. So, all right. Chat room. Anything else before we sign off? We'll. Uh, the slipstream says I'm surprised that I didn't. I don't mind the callback to Songs of Innocent Songs. I thought I wouldn't like that. Yeah, it's one of those things where when I heard about it and so thought I, about it, I was like, ooh, that, that might not. And then, yeah, hearing Volcano in there <laughs> prompted a, a flurry of fun in the at YouTube chat. Does it make, Chris, does it make you want to listen to both of the albums back to back? That's kind of where I think I'm headed. At some point here soon, I'm going to listen, try to set aside like whatever it would be, two hours, and just try to do a back to back. Because it kind of feels like these could have been released as a double album, even. Yeah, and maybe like you know, Bono kind of kept referencing how much Edge was like remixing and re-EQing or whatever, and that's why the album was delayed, which was you know a bit of a smokescreen. But um, it's it'd be interesting to hear what the version of this album was like that they sort of had in rough sketches form even back when Songs of Innocence came out. Because I mean, back then Bono obviously was talking about how they were going to do this in sort of this one, and then Songs of Experience, and then Songs of Ascent, and um, sort of see how how it would have sounded back then, just like the same way, you know, Actung changed in terms of what we heard in the stolen or whatever leaked <laughs> bootlegs and things like that. So, um, but we'll, I doubt we'll ever know <laughs> unless someday they do a, a vault remix or release of, of stuff that, all right. Uh, I think that's enough for this episode, this quick episode. Anyways, we're going to go, we need more time to go listen to the episode or listen to the podcast, <laughs> listen to the <laughs> album. <laughs> oh, brother. <laughs> See, we should have stopped just like the album in Matt's eye. We should have stopped two minutes earlier. <laughs> no, I actually, okay. Just briefly. I think, um, I think briefly, uh, the one thing I love is all we have left. It's, it's probably a good thing. Cause it left me wanting like one more minute. I felt like it was building and I wanted like that big U2 kind of thing. And it kind of felt like it cut off too soon for me, but um, but that's maybe again, because it's the opening track that kind of want to leave room for the track, the album to, to go from there, take you to where they want to go kind of thing. So I don't feel like it had too many tracks though. I don't know. I don't know how you, well, yeah, I can't imagine being in the studio and trying to figure out, okay, we're going to cut this song that you've spent months of your life on or whatever and be like, no, that's not going right. to make the cut. <laughs> Anyways, uh, in the slipstream, uh, thanks guys for doing this. You guys going to Montreal. I'm going to go to Montreal. I don't think Matt's going to Montreal. He's not crossing the border this time and, uh, hoping to see some folks in Montreal. That's, that feels like a lifetime away here, but it's only five months, I guess. So, all right. Thanks for listening, everybody and watching wherever you happen to be. This is a podcast that we stream out live sometimes, usually Wednesday nights, Thursday afternoons, depending on schedules and, uh, on Periscope, uh, Twitch and YouTube. You can follow at U2 on Twitter, twitter.com slash ATU2 for notification when we go live or sign up on any of those services and follow good stuff, uh, associated stuff there <laughs> to be notified automatically. And, uh, I'm I Chris on Twitter. Matt is at Matt McGee. And Ian was, I think, at Ian Ryan, if I'm not mistaken. Ian P. Ryan. Ian P. Ryan. And uh, goodstuff.fm slash ATU2 is where you can subscribe to the podcast, the audio form of this program. So you don't have to see our faces, if that's a perk for you. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody. And if I can find the music, I can turn that on. Bye. <laughs>